Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I'm in the studio with the legendary New Zealand rapper MC Dills and his hype man, his partner in crime, Ricky. How you guys doing? Good, bro. I like that. I like that introduction. Good, man. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys just had your gig yesterday uh, in Hamilton. How'd it go? That was mean. It was. Um, I was saying to the bro that organised the event. It was probably the most professionally and well organised event that we've done for a while. Like, uh, he did a good job putting it all together, and it was a good night. Yeah. Mm. How so? Uh, he just had everything running smoothly, and you know, some promoters, bro, like. They don't pay you for ages, and he he had everything sorted. He had our hotel sorted. He had the the show money sorted. He had the uh, the sound check sorted, and it was all like on point and on schedule. Um, and it just not many people operate that smoothly. So I was just quite proud to be a part of that. So how often does that happen to you? Like how oh, it's you don't like get paid, or you get screwed over, or it takes you ages to get your pay. No, no, well, I um, always get paid. Like, we go to the gym so that if anybody, like, tries not to pay us, we can show up to their door. Oh, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, so I've never had a a situation where I haven't been paid. It's just sometimes they don't pay straight away. Um, But it's kind of like 50-50 because, I mean, you're leaving the whole event in somebody else's hands. Like, um, Mm. they're organizing it, obviously. And, like, we're talking about the support act side of things. I always have a say, but... They organize the support acts, they organize the sounds, they organize the systems, they organize the DJs, they organize the promotion. I'm always trying to do my part and pushing it out there and letting people know and having my say in the support acts and that. But a lot of the event is left up to the promoters. And if they don't do a good job, it reflects on the show. So, yeah, no, it's kind of, it's been, it's quite hit or miss, like 50 50. Like some promoters I've gone with and used, they've done like an amazing job. And some it's just, you know, on the night when the show comes through, you, you can tell that they didn't know what they were doing. Mm. And then you don't work with them again? No, why would I? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. You're a nice guy, so maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, no. I, I, for the for the, like, the money side of things and that, like as long as I get in my side of things there, I mean, it almost like would put me in the direction of like, working with them again. But at the same time, if it's not a good show, it's almost not worth it. Yeah, yeah, mm. fair enough. And so, what do you do, Ricky, when he starts getting pissed off? Oh, I'm normally behind him. <laughs> He's getting pissed off. I'm too. with him. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody that's got my back like this far. Okay, so mm. you've 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 seen every every side of Dills, yeah, every yep. possible scenario where he's been going through the ringer with promoters or other MCs. We won't mention anyone in particular, mm. um, but you've always been there. No, I've always been there. Yeah, every time, every yeah. time. Yeah. So it's um, I sort of know where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think he's been with me since uh, I opened for Sid Diamond and Scribe in 2019, and like the week of. So I think I found out about that show on a Monday, and yeah. I think. <laughs> We did the show on the Friday or something like yeah, that, fr- oh, and yeah. I rang him up and I was like, "Bro, you want to jump on this and do this and be be this?" And he's like, "Yeah, hard." And so he came over oh. and like we did like one or two rehearsals. He showed up. He only knew kind of like little bits and pieces of my yeah. songs, and um, we still tried to give it a go. And then uh, like the next week, um, I was working as security at UCOL. Yeah, and they were like, um, "We're having our graduation ceremony, and like we're doing like this big performance thingy, and can you like headline that type thing?" And I was like. 
hey, bro, you know what you did last weekend? Do you want to do that again? Stitch up. <laughs> do you Stitch wanna, up. Do you want to do that again this weekend? And he's like, yo, hard, let's go. And then yeah. all of a sudden it just grew from there. So we did those shows. And then um, we did like a bit of a tour last year before COVID shut it down. So we did Napier, um, Wellington, Wellington, Levin. Um, we did those Palmy shows. And we were supposed to do Auckland, Waiheke Island and Christchurch, but all of those shows, the Auckland show got postponed and the other shows got cancelled because of COVID. Mm. And then, um, yeah, we just kept going back and rehearsing and learning and growing and experience mm. and just developing what we were doing. And now he's just a part of the set. I don't go anywhere without him. Sweet. Mm. So how did you guys actually first link up, like me? We went to school together. Yeah, college. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So okay. going through college, we were both High school college. sweethearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and, then, uh, <laughs> and then after college, we kind of stayed in touch because we we're both jamming Xbox. So oh, yeah. we were sort of there playing Call of Duty together. And now we just do that and also do performing. Yeah, yeah. So how did COVID change everything for you? Oh, it just got in the way. Um, especially booking gigs kind of now and you're like, uh, obviously you can't just book a show this week and do it next week. It's got a lot of planning involved. So, you know, like for example, this Hamilton show was booked at the start of January mm. and it's almost April and anything could happen between now and then. Like we've gone into level two twice, level, Auckland level three twice and the rest of the country level two twice in that time. It's quite unpredictable. And yeah, that can fuck up things. Yeah. Mm. So are you able to have a backup plan in case that happens? Not really. Um, I did a show in Fox and towards the end of last year, I think it was September. That's when I proposed to my fiance. And um, congrats, by the way. Thank you. And um, for that show, obviously it had to go ahead because that was my plan. The whole show. That's why I put it on the show. Like yeah. I, I had that plan. And um, we actually went into level two, and the only thing we could do really was just make the limited ticket sales and just make sure that there was no more than 100 people there. So it's kind of just first in, first serve with the tickets. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Has your process changed? I mean, last time you came <clears> on <throat> here, I think it was early last year. I think, I it, think was. it was the year before. Yeah, <clears throat> it's been a while. Because I think when we were, when I was on here last time, I'm pretty sure I was talking about that Sid Diamond and Scribe show. I think we'd either just done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I you mentioning it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and how much has changed in terms of your writing style and all of that since um, then? Or do you think it's largely the same? No, no. Nah, nah. So what I realized was we were doing these shows and I was obviously just performing my old music because I took a break from music for like two years or something. And um, I was performing these shows and I didn't feel like the music I had was the right music to be performing as such. So I went back to the drawing board and just started making new music that was inspired by wanting to have good songs to perform. And so I went and did all these shows last year and then came back and wrote like All My Bros and um, Like Me and Yeah, Be Like Me and um, Recorded I Snap and all, all of those types of songs so that when I'm performing, I can turn up and like put on a good show. So that, yeah, it, it kind of made me realise there were some songs missing from my catalogue and I just went and made them and added them to the catalogue, I guess. Mm. Mm. Is there any time where you don't have that in the back of your head and you write a song and then you're like, oh, this would be good to perform live? Because you know how there's some songs that are better suited to live yeah. than than others. I, I think it's always kind of in the back of my mind now. Like, obviously, you're not going to make this. I, I mean, you can. You can make a love song and perform a love song. Like, I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm, but in terms of like the turn up songs, you kind of get that feeling as soon as you're making it. Or as soon as you hear the beat, you're like, this is a song that you could perform, perform live. Like, the beat is usually the indicator. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm. And yeah. like, cause I'm working with Edie White at the moment and Cody Wave quite a bit. 
and um, the beats that are sending me, you know, as soon as you hear them, it's kind of like, I want to perform on this and I want to go do my shows and do the song live, you know? Yeah. Mm. So are you constantly getting sent beats? Yeah. 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 So I've always worked with my main producer. So his name's Shane Bacanara. So he's produced all of Metamorphosis. He's who I went back and forth with. I lived with him. We made my album together. Like I'm always working with him. Um, but then on the side, I'm working with uh, a few, like I just said, EDY and Cody Wave. There's some mean as Kiwi producers. And then outside of that, I'm always getting like beat packs and people sending stuff to my emails. And I uh, just did some stuff with like some guy called Bailey Watson from Christchurch. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been using a few different producers, which is different as well. Because when I first started doing music, like up until like the start of last year, I would only use my bro Shane. And now I think I've been able to find a little bit of a different sound as well by experimenting on different people's beats rather right. than just using the same person's beats. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Has Dills changed much over the years as he's gotten bigger? No, I think he's still the same, eh? It's, it, that's the humble thing. There's no, no change and, and whatnot. So yeah. Would you call him out if he did? Yeah, of course. Of course, <laughs> I'll keep him. Branded. I have to keep his head in check. This guy oh, hey, on, comes to the shows and gets a big head. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm networking. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> VIP treatment though, yeah, of course, one hundred percent, yeah. Um, but you know, as I said earlier, me and him get mixed up a lot, which is it's quite funny. But how? Yeah. I don't know. Like exactly. you don't look the same. Nah, from, exactly. From, from similar build. Yeah. From literally the show that we said I did, we did at UCOL, that graduation one. People were coming up saying that you know is that your brother? Is that your twin brother? Or yeah. and stuff like that. And it's kind of just carried on from there. And then we it went is. to do Napier. People like his brothers like. Everywhere we go, every show we perform, people think we're brothers. I think it's because it's like the hat, the tats, and the, you know. But, yeah, yeah. But like, we just play along with it because you know, we're pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, we're kind of the same person, you know. Yeah. Like we've got the similar personalities, and I think we mesh well. And I yeah. agree with the personalities. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know why um, people think we're twins. Mm. So yeah. He's... Have you ever have you ever tried to pretend to be Dills? Oh, we've had a like we've had a joke where we thought if he pulls out, I just jump on stage and tell him like, Yeah, yo, it's Dills. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people you'd fool. But like you yeah. were just saying, he turned up to the show last night before I did. So I got there like eleven something, he got there like ten something. And he said people were coming up to him trying to talk to him like he was me. And he's like, Oh, Dills is not here, like he's still gotta come down. Yeah. <laughs> you should have just kept it up. Just kept nah, the, well, the it's, front it's, up. That's quite funny at Sound Valley. <laughs> One guy was like, oh, um, bro, I love your lyrics. I was like, thank you, mate. And he's like, oh, I'll send you my email. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah what's your number? <laughs> I didn't even know about that. He's <laughs> impersonating me. Isn't that illegal? <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, we have to talk about the controversy of the, the Auckland gig that went down. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what happened. Like, beforehand, were you getting any red flags? Oh, yeah, there was red flag, like, the, like I, you know, when I was just talking about the 50-50 with the promoters, that wasn't a very good promoter situation. Um, a lot of shit wasn't going the way it was supposed to go. But uh, for the actual event, I thought, you know, once you're at the event, there's the sounds going, everybody's performing, and there's a bit of a crowd. It's kind of, you think it's going to be a given that you're going to be doing your performance. Mm. And, um, yeah, my, my fiancé stepped out the front to have a vape, and I went out with her. And I think there was about two sets before my set, and um, when we tried to come back inside, the door person was trying to ask her to pay. Um, and I said, no, one, she's my plus one and I'm the main act, so she's not paying. Two, she's been here for the last like two hours. Three, she's got a stamp on her hand. Why she got to pay? And they were like, oh, because it's later on in the night, so now the prices have gone up or something like that. What? I, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, no, she's not paying. And then so I was arguing with them for like five minutes at the door. 
And then I ended up just saying, hey, look, you can get fucked. And I grabbed her hand and started walking through the through the venue to go towards the stage in that area. And um, the bouncers grabbed me and chucked me out and I was telling them all to get fucked. And then, yeah, we shut the show down. <laughs> like, but at the end of the day, like, it was, that's bullshit, you know? I can, I can add on to that. So when that happened, I was on stage, right, and the music all got cut out and we're trying to figure out why. And then... I sort of ties in with his story that I think that's when he got kicked out, they cut all the music off at the back and then I sort of got heated on stage, like the DJ threatening to give him a hiding and it got a bit intense and then we all went out front to front and what was going on and then that's when I saw Dills and Aroha. Yeah, so so was the, what did the manager say? Because the manager must have been around, right? Yeah. And usually the manager would probably tell the bouncers, hey, this is the this uh, situation. The manager of Trilogy? Yeah. Yes, and uh, he, he had an issue with me right from the start. Um, we were all up on the the counter where the, they were serving drinks and there was like a big jug of water and I'd accidentally spilt it. Like I think I knocked it and I was like, oh shit, my bad. And he like gave me the death stare, like stepping me out from behind the counter. I was like, oh, this fellow. And then he fucking started flicking the water at me. And that right there, I was like fucked off about that. I was like, this guy, who's he think he is? Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck this guy. But um, so that was like, it was an accident. You know, my bad, I spilled the water. But he handled it in a way that was he was trying to intimidate me. I wasn't intimidated. But um and then that kind of I think probably set a bad tone for him as well. Like I don't think he liked me. And then so when it happened and the bouncers and that were trying to get rid of me, it was him telling them to get me out. But that doesn't make any sense to me because as a promoter, it's all about reputation. So why the hell would you sabotage your reputation? No, so there was the manager of the venue. The promoter was a middleman, so the promoter wasn't involved with any of that. Oh, right. No. Okay. So this was the venue. Yeah. So did you speak to the promoter afterwards and explain the situation? Uh, I did. I I did explain the situation. Um, There just wasn't really much they could do about it. That was it done. Mm. Because how did you wind up at that venue anyway? Did that? Did you contact that promoter specifically, or did they contact you? No. So, true. Like this is a I'm like a true story. I've never reached out to any promoters. So any show I've done has been promoters coming to me. I haven't actually put myself out there like that yet. I haven't gone out and tried to set up shows. Um, promoters have just come to me, and so they contacted me. Like I said previously in the year before the show got postponed, they're like, "Oh yeah, we want to bring you up to Auckland, and we'll do this show and blah blah blah." And then that got postponed because of covid and then after we came out of lockdown they set the show up again and they yeah they, they organized the venue obviously we're on the other side of the north island um we just pretty much got our flights up there and went with the flow um but yeah no they, they organized the whole show so from the time that a promoter contacts you to the time that the event happens how long is it roughly usually around two months Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, it is. It's kind of like a month of organizing behind the scenes and then a month of like once the post is out there and promo and pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But in uh, saying that, there's sometimes like I've, I'm already booked in for like Wellington um, and that's August 7th. Like that hasn't, we haven't pushed that at all yet, obviously. And like that's, I think like four months out. Uh, and I'm also booked in for Christchurch on June the 12th. So like I I do, I do try to have a, a big window so that there's a lot of room to get everything organized so that there's no fuck arounds at the end of it. Yeah. Mm. Do you creatively get burnt out though? Because you work as well, right? Yeah, I work full time. Like, I um I feel like I'm forever working. Literally, like because I go to work Monday to Friday. Um, my job hours eight thirty to five, and then 
um, the weekends, like for the last four weeks, we've done shows. Mm. So like it's been four shows over four weeks in Levin, Wanganui, Palmerston North, and now up here in Hamilton. And then in between that, I've done like these sorts of things. I've done like, a, I did an interview for some university last week. The week before that, I did an interview for Kia FM in Palmerston North, like a radio station, and we're doing this. And so I don't really get too much free time. And then, um, yeah, I do I do kind of feel like I get burnt out, start getting like stressed. And like I let my fiance know, I'm like, I feel like, like I'm, I'm feeling it today, you know, like mm. I'm, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. And then I just kind of try to have a step back, you know, turn my phone off or, have a night where I'm just like chill and then I get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cause I find it with a lot of creative people, particularly in New Zealand, I mean, they get burnt out Yeah, because yeah. most of them hold down full-time jobs as well as being a musician. Exactly. Like I'll be a, I'll be a poor hunter if I quit my job. <laughs> I don't make enough money off music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people seem to think that, you know, when you're a pretty well-known musician in New Zealand, that that's it. But no. a lot of these dudes have full-time jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I remember Hummel had like, Sid, like quite a few of them. Yeah, and Sid's proud of his full time job. Like he's out there posting his stories, doing his lines work, and that all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the plan is to do this full time at some point. Nah, it's always just been a side hustle for me. Oh, I've right. just always like I always feel I always have my full time job. Yeah, and then I've just always had the goal of music being a second form of income. Mm. Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm at that point now. I mean, I've been doing this for like nine, ten years, and I'm finally at that point where it is a second form of income. But it's, I, I don't think I'd ever want to put myself in the position of leaving my job to yeah. do music. So what would be your advice to other up-and-coming musicians, singers, rappers? Um, don't leave your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that's pretty good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, it's not all what it seems like, you know. Um, the same in America, Eva. I mean, people over in America, they've got like these opportunities where I don't, all these artists that I don't even hear of, and then you see them with all these millions and cars and stuff. And it's like, how do you make that much money? I've never even heard of you. Uh, New Zealand, you could look at the top New Zealand artists. I don't even think they're making enough money really to make a living off it. I mean, a comfortable living. There's no millionaire artists in New Zealand, as far as I'm no. aware. Yeah. I remember because I worked for APRA at one point yeah. for about nine months. So I saw what some of the uh, singers and rappers were getting paid. Yeah. You could definitely tell that they'd be doing another side hustle. Yeah, yeah. Or working at full well, that's job. Well, that's why a lot of people venture into the uh, – like they, they do their music avenue, but then they've got their side hustles. For example, like Ty um, from Smash Proof, he's just started his own clothing label and he's pushing that twig. Mm. And that's just another form of income for him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So you want to get into all that stuff, like more merchandising-based stuff? No. Or venture out more? Uh, I don't know. I'm quite happy just doing what I'm doing. Um, I've just started working with like a local artist and, you know, I do, I do a bit of engineering and that. Like I used to do mixing and mastering for Jay Williams. So I've just started doing a little bit of that kind of stuff for some other artists on the come up now too. And I uh, shot and directed a music video like a couple of weeks ago, like little side things like that. But, um, you know, I'm pretty content just doing what I'm doing and carrying on. Yeah. What about you, Ricky? Oh, yeah, I've got a full-time job, man. Yeah. Um, sort of the same boat as him. Sort of my life's a all, all go, really. So um, this sort of does get a bit draining, that's for sure. So I'm sort of looking forward to having that break period and then kick off in June. So, um, yeah, 
So what happens if he has a gig and you can't make it? Never happens. He's never ha- never ever never happened. happened. There's never been a show where he hasn't come. Yet. Okay, well hopefully I haven't jinxed it. Yeah, nah. So <laughs> so whether it's like we got to drive six hours to Hamilton, like we've done, he's <laughs> yeah. there. Whether we've had to fly to Auckland, he's there. Whether it's last minute, like the Sid Diamond show, he's there. He's he's like literally the best sidekick you could ask for. Right. Mm. Okay. Mm. Have you what, have uh, you prepared for the day that oh, he I, might I, not be there? I know I can like do a show without him if I needed to, um, but I kind of feel like if you're booking deals, you're booking both of us. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if it's if you're coming to see deals, you're seeing the both of us. If you if if it's a show of mine, it's a show of ours. So mm. yeah, it's almost like saying, "Are you prepared to see a show where deals isn't there?" You know what I mean? Well, considering people think you're the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He can show up and be me. I can have a night off. <laughs> yeah. And I'll get I get paid for it though. <laughs> Are you playing? Because I know you lived in Sydney for a, for a time. Mm. Once this Trans Tasman bubble happens, whenever the hell that is, will you do some shows or something in Australia? I definitely want to go back to Australia. Um, so my fiance lived in Brisbane for like years, and I obviously nice. lived in Sydney. Um, and I want to go back to say because I never really got to say a proper goodbye to my my friends over in Sydney, my workmates and all that. Because I had to up and leave because my sister's my sister had a car accident, so I flew back home the next day. And um, I've always wanted to go back to Sydney to say my goodbyes and kind of show her where I was in Sydney. And she wants to show me where she was in Brisbane. So if we're going to be over there, I'd probably try to line it up to do a show or something like that. And I'll be there. <laughs> probably probably yeah. have to bring him for the memory yeah, lane me. trip. It'll be like a third wheel, but not because he's just always there anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just do my own thing, so it's all right. Yeah. <clears throat> so when uh, you get married, is he going to be standing next to you as well? <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not going to actually turn up to that either. So he's going to be deals on that day. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, um, it was actually at the Sound Valley. Uh, we did we, so we performed at a festival um, called Sound Valley in Wanganui. I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, um, and that was a massive. Like I got to meet Kings. Like I've, I've always wanted to meet Kings, and I was quite happy to know that he knew who I was. Um, but there was some massive acts up on that lineup, and um, yeah, when I did my set, I asked him to be my best man during it. Mm. So, well, yeah, yeah, I guess he's going to be by my side through the whole wedding process in there too. Mm. Just not an after function. Yeah. What, what you doing for that? <laughs> <laughs> Something off air, I'm sure. Um, so, in regards to battle rap, because I know we touched on this last time, because I kind of feel that's like what, the one area you haven't really done anything. Yeah. Do you want to battle rap me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll battle rap him. You really know I can't rip. So yeah, that's why I battle rap them. Because you'd win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to do it? Nah. Uh, no, so I was actually saying, I was talk, I was talking to uh, the radio. I had a radio interview a few weeks ago, and they asked me similar questions. I was talking about the battle rap and that. And I was kind of, I compared it to, it's kind of like um, martial arts. And I feel like just because you're good at, Brazilian jiu-jitsu you're not going to be good at Muay Thai necessarily you're not going to go be able to be BJJ master and jump over to Muay Thai and be the Muay Thai master just because you know how to do BJJ so it's almost like battle rap and like freestyling rap the freestyle raps and you know creating the music side of hip-hop and all of these different aspects of the hip-hop genre uh, just because you're the master of one doesn't mean you're going to be good at the others so I feel like, you know, battle raps 
um, karate to me and I'm over here doing, you know, jujitsu. So I don't want to touch, I don't want to go get my ass kicked in karate because I don't know how to do karate. What if um, they got you to battle someone who was on like a similar caliber? I reckon, I reckon if it was Tom Francis, you would. Yeah, yeah no, I'd do anything. With, I'll step in the ring with Tom Francis. I'll battle rap <laughs> Tom Francis. Uh, I've got, I got a bone to pick with him. Well, you got your your money back, or some of it. The settlement's um, done, eh? The city, yeah, yeah. So, um, ended up going like through the debt collections and stuff like that. He was, uh, it was still messy. It was still messy. He tried sending me a non-disclosure agreement before he would send me the money, saying that I would never talk about his name again. And like, like literally, he sent me a contract, and if I signed it. He had agreed to pay me the money within seven days or something like that. But I was never allowed to reference his name or use his name in vain. Like, I wasn't allowed to talk shit about all this bullshit. And I said, you know, fuck your contract. I don't even care if I don't get the money. Like, I'm going to talk my shit about you. <laughs> and so I threw the contract away, but I still got the money in the end. So, yeah. yeah. Would there be any circumstance where you'd, where you'd make peace with the guy? Mm-mm. No. No, he's a horrible human. There's no room in my life for somebody like that. Yeah, oh, well, hey, I mean, I think he might be the single most hated rapper in New Zealand. <laughs> I can't even. I haven't met any rapper that has anything good to say about him. I, I like, wouldn't even none. consider him a rapper. Like, like literally none. <laughs> yeah. There was this one uh, other podcaster that I know, and he was he asked me, he's like, do you want to, you, sh- you should get Tom Francis on your show. I've got his email. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not keen, eh? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, interesting to get him, to be fair, but I'd be interested to see what he says. Well, oh, one, you know, one, I don't definitely. think he would agree, because two, um, because he's already tried to take down my previous podcast with Dills. Oh. He tried to take it down. So he obviously doesn't like me. And um, two, <laughs> if, if I did get him on, like, I kind of feel like I'd be giving that guy more exposure. Yeah, yeah. It'd I be like you. getting Brian Tamaki on or like someone like um who's the who's the crazy conspiracy theorist? Is that the fella from Auckland? Uh, the, uh who had that political party, Advance NZ. What's his name? Oh. What's his name? You know the guy? It, crazy dude. Crazy dude. Well anyway, conspiracy theorists, right? So like why why have him on here and then he can just spout his shit. Mm. Yeah. Spread yeah. more shit. But yeah, no, Tom 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 is a fucking liar too. So you get him up on here and then it'll be like you can't trust nothing he's saying. Like he talks shit. He knows yeah. where we're at. He knows <laughs> where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, but also, like also when I when I got um announced for the Sound Valley Festival, I got a phone call from the promoter of it and they're like, Hey, look, we've got allegations that um you've got a sexual assault claim against you. And I was like what like what the fuck are you talking like i was i was literally on the, and i was at the police station when i got this phone call and so i literally just said to the police officers like hey do a file check and then sort this out because i know i don't have no fucking sexual assault claim against me so do a file check on me send that to her or whatever happens there and then get this sorted because that's a load of shit and the only person i can think of that is bitter and twisted enough to ring up a promoter when they see my name end up on a festival and be like, oh, no, nah, he's um got pending sexual assault charges. Is it not like an obvious answer as to who that probably was? Mm. Like, that's fucked up. Whoever did that, if it was Tom or anybody else, you're a piece of shit. Well, I don't even know why you'd do that. Yeah. It just doesn't make just sense. Just why, why would exposure, I? Exposure, maybe. Maybe exposure. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it doesn't have the same effect here that it would, say, maybe in America. I don't think you'd get, like, a lot of fame from it 
Yeah, well, I, I, I'm for <laughs> something big. I know. I'm, like, I'm a yeah. family man. Like, I don't even go out on the weekends. Like, you can ask this fellow. He tries to get me out all the time. Like, I'm at home with my family and my fiance. Like, I'm not out sexually assaulting people. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, have you been present during all this crap with Tom Francis? Um, I'd say, well, when we've catch up, yeah, we normally touch base on it, but I wouldn't say like the full on finer details like emails and the other side of things. But normally, yeah, I have been here. I think the the most important presence that he had was when we went to Napier, which is his hometown, we went to Napier to perform a gig in Napier because I did where I'm at. And I said, you know, I'm going to come through to your town and I'll play my disc, but suck my dick. Like, we went to Napier. We called the show the Fuck Tom Francis show and we did a show (laughs) in his hometown, in his backyard. That was me and him, you know? And Mm. we didn't have no security or nothing. I don't care who he, he... talks all this shit about who he's going to rock up with or how he's going to get back at you and all these mm. big boys and security all oh, fuck all that shit we just me and him just, just went to, to yeah, just us <laughs> to rock up the napier and we performed the fuck on francis show is that the same one where you got the whole crowd to say it with you i do that every show i did that mm. last night oh. <laughs> do that every, <laughs> every show every show every show i say fuck on francis and get the crowd to say it too yeah Mm. we're about is it right after that song no right before it yeah oh right before it yeah get him more going amp them up so that they know who we're talking about the whole Mm. song (laughs) (laughs) and then you post the snippets on social media yeah yeah yeah. if the crowd's going hard and saying fuck tom francis then let's get it out there yeah Mm. i saw you've finally joined tiktok yeah i haven't done anything yet (laughs) they're like if you if you're out there and you're watching this go follow me i think it's like dill's music D-I-L-Z, but yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't even... <laughs> we, got, we, we, got some, we got some plans, I think. Yeah, I'm like, going to try and involve like, what we do with the music, but like a bit of skits in that. So yeah, 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 yeah just, yeah. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't like TikTok. I'm the producer, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok's really good because the algorithm works differently compared to Facebook. I know, Facebook Instagram. limits the shit out of everything. Like, yeah, you, particularly music. I've got like, like nearly 12,000 followers on my Facebook page and like, post something and get like eight likes and it's like really and it's like boost this post to reach this many more people but you have to pay forty dollars a day and it's like you can get fucked like, yeah. <laughs> i worked hard to get these 12 followers why am i paying you forty dollars a day to keep them like that's yeah. bullshit <laughs> like but yeah that's funny, funny. I, yeah i understand like tiktok they don't that it's not as strict like and, and that's the same as like um I, I was always quite heavy on snapchat because you could put out a song post it to your story on snapchat with the whole swipe up to follow the link or whatever and then if you've got like a thousand followers on snapchat they're all going to see it because there's no limits you know what i mean it doesn't oh, limit your yeah. reach so that's what i found about snapchat so i understand what how tiktok would be good in that aspect but i just hate the platform i think it's stupid every time i was saying us every time i fucking open it it's just girls fucking pulling up their bikinis and getting five hundred thousand fucking likes and it's like what the how did you do that was talented enough to get a million views because you pulled up your bikini like that like fucking hell <laughs> yeah makes I, me want to jump on there and put a bikini on or something and like pull it up well do it just yeah. that theory <laughs> see if i get a million views <laughs> thank you will yeah. do you uh, want to film it bro yeah, film it. yeah bro pull it up <laughs> hey, hey we'll retake that one you, your balls fell out <laughs> <laughs> oh shit so because you've been doing this for ages like music for quite a while i imagine it because I view it like a canvas, right? You've got a blank canvas when you first start music, and as time goes on, you're kind of filling up that canvas. Because mm. when I was doing hip-hop, I got to a point where I'm like, I don't even have anything new to rap about now. Yeah, what the hell yeah. do I rap about? Yeah, I hit those blocks. Yeah. So like, how do you overcome those? Um, I don't know. It's, it's Sometimes... Sometimes, like quite often, when I'm making my music, because I like we we're just talking about, like I'm busy, like I, I work full time, and that, so I'm sitting there on my breaks, 
my 15 minute breaks going to the car and writing some lyrics or on my lunch break and stuff like that and I'm at the gym trying to do my workout and I'm writing down lyrics and then I come home and then before we settle down and have our dinner and stuff like that I'm quickly like hey babe I need to go to the uh the recording studio because like especially when I'm getting collabs because a lot of people hit me up for verses and stuff like that so I'll go and quickly smash out this verse before I can settle down for the rest of my day and I'm just writing the lyrics throughout my day on my breaks and stuff like that when because I'm always like on our way here literally on our way here she was like that's where our room is because we we're just um at the hotel and she's mm. pointing out the window she's like that's where our room is and i was like okay sweet as room is that rhymes with rumors like i'm going to turn that and so i wrote that down on my phone so i'm always writing i just write as i go and especially life experiences you know the big songs but i sit and rework songs so much like um for example i put out i snap uh like february so last month i put out i snap if you're on my laptop, like these fellas have heard it, if you're on my laptop, I've got versions of that that date back to 2015. I, I sat on that song and reworked it for six years. So Holy crap. I reworked the shit out of my stuff until I feel like it's good enough to be heard. And um, yeah, so I, I, I guess I, like I do hit those roadblocks where I feel like I don't have anything to write about, but if I hit that, I kind of just go back to my old stuff and I see what I can do with it and evolve it and turn it into something that I want to put out. Mm. Mm. yeah that makes sense but um do you feel though that like sometimes how do you put it like you you've kind of reached a plateau though and you'll never get better uh i i kind of no i i don't feel like that i feel like i'm always getting better like if i listen to my music in 2013 which sounds horrible never go through my music and listen to that stuff but then I listened to my music in 2015, and then I listened to my Metamorphosis album, which was 2017, and then I listened to what I was doing when I came back from my like two-year break when I was living in Sydney. I didn't do any music in that. And then I started putting out like Rewind and um, All My Bros, and I've been... We put out like a, a decent amount of songs. By the way, if you, if you ever see my music videos, he's also there for every music video. Like This guy's been in every music video for like the <laughs> yeah. past year and a half. Um, apart from my snap so it's the only one I didn't make yeah yeah but um and then you listen to what I'm working on now compared to the stuff I put out last year I always feel like you can hear the growth I always feel like I'm learning new things or I can I, I see when I go back to my older music what I did wrong or what I could do better um I forgot the question <laughs> what was the question <laughs> <laughs> do you ever feel like you've hit a plateau oh, like, yes. oh I'm never going to get better than yeah, this yeah yeah no, so I I I, I get this thing like where I'm like this one is the song you know I feel like this is the song when I put it out it's gonna go big this is my moment and I feel like that about certain songs like when I did Wait On You with Jay Williams and Ty I was like this is my song when I put this out I, I'm fucking that's me I'm, I'm out there I'm big and I put it out there and I didn't do that and I was like I can't do better than that like I felt like that was my moment and then I did the same thing when I put out Rewind um, I felt like you know this is my song this is my moment and I put it out there and it didn't do what I thought it would do mm. and I'm like oh fuck like I can't beat that like that was it and then I put out Don't Trip you know that's Ty and um, Mikey Mays and I did the same thing for that I was like this song once it gets out there and everybody hears this that's me like I'm out there and then it put it out there and it didn't do it and so I'm kind of like I don't know what to do in, in that regard. I'm like, I keep, I feel like I run out of the songs that I think are going to be the one. I'm kind of like, okay, I, I just can't make the one. But in terms of making music, I feel like I, I don't really hit a wall. I just need to take a step back, reevaluate, and then come back at it with a fresh 
like yeah. train of thought and just like I said, if I if I feel like I can't creatively make new music, I just go back and work on my old mm. stuff. Mm. You know, with his music too, I always find his lyrics that are on point. You know, there's meaning to it. But if you listen to, I guess the now music, you know, you the lyrics talking about tea towels and putting a pie in the oven and I haven't heard ta 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 No, no, there's some songs haven't you thinking, what the fuck is that? But everyone still listens to it if that makes sense, you know what I mean? So it's, I reckon I get it frustrated when you put something out and I'm like, man, this is a banger. And you just listen to the lyrics and the beats on and then you hear other music that's up there and you're just thinking, what the fuck am I listening to? Like Dude, if you sit there yeah. and listen to the lyrics, you know, the beat may be cool, but you listen to the lyrics, you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What's he singing about? Oh, okay, bitches and oh, da, da, da. And it's just nothing to it, you know what I mean? There's no meaning behind it. It's just the throwing words together and it just goes huge, so... Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the uh, sheep effect, right? Because yeah. it's all the marketing the marketing train. So people just almost get programmed to like this stuff. Yeah, and if you That's hear it. it enough, it gets stuck. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm a victim of that. Like, I used to hate, like, Takashi 69 for example. But now, like, I started hearing his shit so much, you know, that it, I started to like it. Uh, and I feel like that kind of thing happens. Like you can put out a, a <laughs> you song listen of, to his lyrics, and I'm like, "What is it? like? They don't even make sense, but it's a bang." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, "Fucking! Oh, I'm gonna turn up, go to the gym. Oh, I want to listen to this, even though he's talking a whole bunch of bullshit." But mm. um, and, and that's the thing as well. I feel like there's different music for different things that you're doing. I mean, you're not gonna listen to like some Takashi Six Nine at your wedding, but you're gonna listen to that when you're going to the gym. So I feel like every music, every every song, or every every artist, and every music has like a time of the day or a time and a place where you can listen to it and it all makes sense. Mm. But yeah, I understand what he's saying. Like I put in all this effort and then there's people out there mm. doing fucking nothing and then they get huge and it's like, well, why don't I just do nothing? Like, Yeah. yeah. It's a kick in the guts. I think, I think some of it as well is because in America they have a, a big, you know, they have these big marketing campaigns and they have a lot more money yes. that's yeah. put behind them. Yeah. So they automatically end up in the spotlight. <laughs> just because of you know somebody sponsoring them yeah, pretty much and with then, and then millions some, of dollars and then some chick pulls up her bikini with that song in the background <laughs> and that's fucking just as big as the bikini video <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the injustice right the injustice mm. you mentioned that um, you're always writing yeah do you find that you struggle to sleep because you yes yeah because I, I, I used to have the same problem yeah. like i'd just be thinking all the time about rhymes yeah no, and i got I, to I the point where i had to just stop writing for a while just so i could kind of get some mindfulness back yeah no nah, I, I i struggle with sleep every night like my usual if i'm going to sleep it's usually at one or two o'clock in the morning and then i'm getting up like five hours later to go to work like i, I really don't sleep much and it's just because my mind doesn't shut off because i'm always busy and if i'm not thinking about because obviously i do if i work a full-time job and i work like a job where i'm like self like like i'm not i've got my own um, like I'm self self-employed no not self-employed like but within the job I've got my own workload like nobody tells me what to do oh, so right. I handle my own workload and I'm sitting there thinking about that kind of thing as well when I'm at home but then I'm thinking about the music and what I can do and I've oh hey I've got to sort out this I've got this interview coming up and this I've got this song that I need to put out oh, I've got this beat from um the bro I need to do this I've got this collab that I needed this person just paid me to do this collab I've got this show coming up we need to do a rehearsal like it's, it's crazy and my brain just doesn't shut off yeah that's that's what gets on top of me too the stress do you take anything at night and I don't mean like drugs but yeah, like no, I stuff take, I take crack <laughs> no, no but what i mean is like do you take like any um what is it like magnesium or any type of supplements or anything 
Nah, nah. Um, so I think it was about eight weeks ago. Uh, I was in the gym and I tore my pec muscle, and it's it like like really bad. Like I've been going to like I had to have an MRI scan last week, which sucked. Like I get claustrophobic, and I'm in this machine like strapped down. I just sit there for an hour. I was like sweating, like oh fuck, that was horrible. But so I had I had to have an MRI ultrasound, all these things. So I'm actually having to get flown up to Auckland for them to reattach my muscle to the bone because I snapped my tendon. And so that has been giving me grief for like the last two months. So quite often at night, I take a tramadol. Or still goes to the gym though. Funny. Yeah, still go to the gym. I just don't work my chest. But um, it's so I take a couple of tramadols if I'm sore. That that kind of helps me sleep because you know that that kind of gives you that knocked out daisy feeling. But outside of that, no, nah, I never take anything. I just drink my water and try to go to bed. Wow. So when's sorry? When's your surgery happening for your pet? I, I don't know. I find out on Tuesday. So I did the MRI on Thursday and I had the follow-up with the physio on Tuesday. He's got to let me know when we're looking at doing the surgery. Because is that private or um, are you going through the public system? No, going through the well, ACC is covering it. Like Apparently it's going to be really expensive. So I mean, the MRI scan itself was $1,500 apparently. Like yeah. ACC covered that. So yeah. I'm not doing anything private, no. Okay. Yeah, because usually they put you on a waiting list, right? Yeah, but it's urgent. Like, but I have to get flown to Auckland because there's only like one expert in the country, the certain person that can do the surgery. Like that's how fucked up it in these like the physios like, yeah, just so you know what's going to happen. We're going to like, they're going to cut you open and they're going to drill holes in your bone. And I'm like, hold on. I don't want the surgery anymore. I'm all good. <laughs> Let's fuck it out. Yeah, and I've played, had like nightmares about it. Like I'll be going to sleep at night and I'll wake up with like a panic attack because my chest, like I have it. I, have, I relive the moment of when I ripped it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you Google it? Do you Google I YouTubed it? it. I fucking looked on YouTube. Shouldn't have done that, man. Nah. That just scares you. If more. I Googled it, I'd be like, um, torn pec muscle be like, oh, yeah, you have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's why I stopped doing that. Every yeah. time something happens, you know, injury or some sort of um, gut problem or something, you just Google it and then it gives you like the worst scenario. Yeah. scenario. Yeah. I've yeah. got a sore stomach. Oh, you got gut cancer. <laughs> I've got a sore body. You got bicep cancer. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's the worst case. Yeah. Eh? But no, yeah, so um, I YouTubed it and I was, I was like, no, nah, fuck that. Because I'm tattooed so like my chest and all that's all tattooed. I'm like, I really don't want them to fuck up my tattoos because I paid so much money to get my tattoos, you know? I don't want to fucking get them all scarred and ugly. <laughs> mm. Mm, fair enough mm. the funny thing is we told him I said go get it checked out but stubborn ass here oh nah 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 it's alright three weeks later four weeks oh it's still sore well should have got it checked out the ages ago hey. yeah yeah the longer you leave it the worse it can be unfortunately yeah mm. well I thought you know fuck oh, I hurt myself it will heal but <laughs> <laughs> it's like my whole arm was turning out like purple and shit and I couldn't even like I literally couldn't cut my food and I couldn't put the pepper on my steak. Couldn't push my chair in. Like oh. I still literally can't. I can't lift nothing. Like my, so my my muscle is ripped off the bone. So it's like I don't got any strength. So, yeah, uh, it, it was bad when I did it. It was like the most painful thing I think I've ever experienced. And I just thought, you know, if I left, it'll come right. But after like six weeks, I was like, oh, I better go see the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, fair enough. And then they're like, yeah, no, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> now they're like, now we need to drill your bones and shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have went to the doctor. <laughs> Should have just left it. Ignorance yeah. is bliss. Yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, need to do push-ups. <laughs> so what's the plan over the next year or so in regards to music? Um, keep doing some shows. Like I said, we've got a few shows coming up. Um, now that i got a taste of like the festival 
side of things, I want to get try and get involved with more of that. Um, definitely, like that's a goal, not a plan, it's a goal. Um, working with some new producers, like I said, I'm working with EDY and Cody. I've worked with Cody Wave for a bit, but putting out more music with them. Uh, another goal of mine is I want to get some New Zealand on air funding for a music video. Like that's a goal of mine. And now that I've done the festival and stuff like that, I've got the criteria where I can apply for that. Um, so I definitely want to try and get my foot in the door there. Uh, I've got new songs that I've got. I've, I've pretty much got a whole album done, but the the consumer when they're listening to music nowadays don't have the attention span to listen to a whole album. So I've just been drip feeding the album out there. So um, it all started, I put out the song called I've Been. And if you notice, it says intro next to it. Hmm. That is the intro to my album. And everything after that, oh, everything right. after that has been singles songs from the album i'm just drip feeding the album out there because people don't have the attention span to listen to a whole project so yeah i've got an album done and we're just putting it out um we've, i've got the next the next singles t uh titled speed limits and we've shot half the music video we still need to shoot the other half of it when we get some spare time you know because that's what we're talking about we're always yeah, busy like, and outside of everything and then we've got to shoot music videos we've got to do these photo shoots you know we're sponsored by zero fucks and stuff like that so we've got to try and get them out there and promo them make them look like there's oh, so much that goes on but um yeah so speed limits we're dropping that probably like next month for the month later I'd say, ne I'd say next month will be our, our stuff will be ready. Yeah. Mm. Sweet. And then yeah, just keep going. Um, working with I'm working with some of the same artists I've worked with. I've got more music coming out with Ty. Uh, more music coming out with Jay Williams. Uh, just done a new single with Sid Diamond last week. Um, and I'm working with some new artists like Nicky Montana, and got some more music with some international artists like Swizz. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just working on music and putting it out there when I feel like it needs to be heard. Cool. Mm. Sweet. All right. Well, I'll probably wrap up there. Where's the best place to follow you? Not TikTok. <laughs> if you go to my TikTok, you won't see nothing. But no, you can follow me on everything. So D-I-L-Z, um, Dills. And yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, TikTok now, Snapchat. We want to we grow that TikTok, so give them a follow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the bro... Put your platforms out there. Yeah. Where can people follow He's you? He's on Instagram oh, just, and that. No, just, just my name, Ricky Hawthorne. You'll find me on Insta, Facebook, TikTok even. Slick Rick is the name. <laughs> slick Rick. <laughs> but, um, I'm pretty sure there's already a Slick nah, Rick out nah, there. Nah. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter, right? doesn't matter. But yeah, like, this you can follow me if you want to go give us a follow. So, yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, that's the show. But before we go, Dills is going to perform I Snap. You probably heard it everywhere. So, yeah, he's <clears> he's going to do it right here on the show. Sweet. Okay, here we go. I snap. Huh. Dills of Ricky, Shut man. Fuck up. Ready, ready to redo Let's go. Yeah. Nah, say something good about me. <laughs> When I get going, can't stop, there's no breaks And this is my job, oh work, no play Dylan has driven, but ignore the road rage I've gone rogue, I'ma unload, there's no way Stopping, repping, foxing, here. Yeah, that's my hometown About to get a popping like a bubble, the zone now I'm so mature that I throw down Someone go and pull the curtains back and it's start the show now I never see this idle time The rappers that you idolize A righteous saying, I don't lie Next thing you know, they're reciting lines For our track and the words is amazing With a telescope, can't see where I'm aiming You're living your life in the day dread If you think what you say is if I'm gonna phase me I'm working on my craft every second I have To the point that my mouth is a weapon of mass destruction When I get on a track so when the mic's in my hand Everybody get back, I snap Go Ricky, it's hey. your birthday Yep 
Uh, uh, it again. When the mic's in my hand, everybody get back. I snap. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Uh, let's go, dudes. When the mic's in my hand, everybody get back. I snap. Like a bad temper, boy, you were tripping. No adventure. Welcome to a summer mind. What you gonna find? Shoes off and enter. Lost in my thoughts like a labyrinth. Labyrinth. Never know what's gonna happen. Happen. When I'm on the mic and I'm rapping, I make magic. Call me Aladdin. You would never fly in the first place. Friday to Thursday, wasting your life in the worst way. Calling me sick when I rap, start applying the first day. Killing all these rappers and I'm driving the hearse, mate. Snapping like a rubber band. Time's up in the air, I got the upper hand. If you got other plans, I'ma deal with your waist. ASAP, ASAP, like shopper ranks I'm working on my craft every second I have To the point that my mouth is a weapon of mass destruction When I get on the track, so when the mic's in my hand Everybody get back, I snap Hey, hey. Go Ricky, go Ricky Yup, really dudes When the mic's in my hand, everybody get back, I snap Here we go, let's go Whoa When the mic's in my hand, everybody get back, I snap Naturally gifted. When I make a rap, I can actually gift it. It's like I'm rapping a present. When I have a mic, I will snap in your presence. I'm naturally gifted. When I make a rap, I can actually gift it. It's like I'm rapping a present. When I have a mic, I will snap in your presence. Let's go. How's that? And that is the show, everyone. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. Support the boy Dills and Ricky. And that is the show. Stay safe. Peace.